Ready to go? Yes, sir. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the podcast, episode number five. Myself, Kaysen Davis, and my co-host, Carson Barbie. What's up, buddy? How was your weekend? Good, sir? Pretty good, man. Pretty good <laughs> to watch the Masters. That's never a bad thing from this weekend. Talk a little bit about that. Hideki Matsuyama, the winner. We'll um, go over the RBC Heritage, and then we'll get into some more questions that we have from the pods fans um before we get started i wanted to thank anchor for sponsoring the podcast so yeah let's jump right into the uh the masters um what were your thoughts on it the whole tournament um so from the beginning i thought they did a very good job with the lee elder you know bringing him him in um i Mm -hmm. thought that was really cool to see was not a fan of old gary players uh sons little showing off some bs little golf ball i mean come on i didn't even know what brand that was did you know what brand that was wasn't a tideless i had never heard of it i had never heard of it and and i didn't know anything about it i didn't watch opening tea ceremony live and i had no idea about it until i saw it on instagram actually and these people and i didn't know what was going on like obviously i could tell it was a serious deal but then i was reading the comments to just try to get filled in on it and it was just Simply that he was trying to promote his brand, I guess. Yeah. And it was honestly stupid because you're right. I'd never heard of the balls in my life. And this was a serious moment. I mean, Leota was the first black man ever playing the Masters. And this dude's trying to, you know, virtually steal his limelight just to promote some balls. That's just like, come on, man. Like, really? It was, it was, it was kind of Bush League. But um, the people in the comments were like, I don't see what the big deal is, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's the same thing as wearing a Titleist hat. And I'm like, no, it's not. Because <laughs> obviously this dude was tied into this brand probably and he's trying to make it big. It's not like he's sponsored, you know, from what I can tell. So I honestly think it was just a stupid thing. And like you said, uh, his brother, his other brother come on Twitter and say, you know, how embarrassing that is to be, a, you know, tied into him and that he was banned. I think they banned him from the Masters tournament Correct. as a whole. So it's just kind of like, it was dumb, and I'm just like, stuff like that's always going to happen, man. It's just part of it, but uh, I'm glad that it got handled the way it did. So that's what yeah, it deserves because it was, it was kind of immature. Yeah, uh, like, I mean, he clearly knew what he was doing, and that's just a bad situation with – I understand what he's trying to do because, it's. I mean, it's a business at the end of the day, but that's just mm-hmm. bad timing. You, you don't need to steal someone's limelight like that yeah especially um, in the yeah that was that a was very in. very cool thing that they did for him and i would like to see yeah. it if keep on going um yeah for sure so hideki matsuyama you know to be honest with you if i had to pick 15 people that i thought were going to win the tournament i probably would have not put him in my list i just i, I like subconsciously feel like he's just been on kind of a, a lull he's been in a drought i hadn't heard really much about him and then that happens, but that's the Masters, dude. Like, how many times outside of you know a few special times, there's just the guys that you really think are going to win win that tournament. It's it's. I wouldn't say it's usually a wild card, but I don't know. I just would have never picked him. But I will say and- that he actually has played very well at Augusta during his time there. Obviously, he was the low amateur when he was. Um, yeah, was it 2011? 
Yeah, 2011. I'll tell you what's a crazy thing that I saw. Did you see that, you know, I can't remember exactly how many days it was for, you know, in between Spice wins on 2017 to now. Hideki's mm-hmm. was the week after. So they just From won. last time he had won? Yes. They both just Yeah, that's what won. I'm saying. For, uh, what was it, 1,400-something days ago? It was the week they know. won in, like, the exact same timing, almost. Yeah, that's crazy. crazy. I didn't I didn't know that. Because I mean um, at that time at the point he was world number two in the world. Like he was a he was a world beater. And yeah, you really haven't heard from what you expect from I guess Hideki, at least what we did. Yeah. What we saw from him. Because when he was young, I mean, man, yeah, he, he he's always been a premier ball striker. And when he has won, he's either won in a playoff or he has dominated. Yeah. I don't think um, his so, um his putting I think I don't think his putting stats are too too incredible. I think that might be what's holding him back a little bit, just why we haven't heard anything major from him. But, um, I mean, his scrambling around the greens was this week was – he was number one in the field. Um, yeah. And obviously something had to go right. But like we said, it was just kind of a – you know, especially on Sunday, like it just wasn't that fiery of a round. I mean, it's always going to be fun to watch the Masters on Sunday, but it was just kind of like, you know. And then uh, Xander had his chance there. He played – Started off, you know, not the best, and then really brought it together and made a string of birdies. And then obviously, what happened on sixteen, you know, hitting it in yeah. the water. I didn't watch the shot live. I watched obviously a replay of it. I mean, it looked like it had a chance to skip up there, but with the undulation on that green, it had no chance. I mean, like you said, you have to play it way back right and just let it funnel back down. And that was just like a, literally like a club and a half too short. Yeah. Especially with um, what Phil has said um, on that hole, it always plays like a club shorter every time he mm-hmm. plays it on a sun. I think it was on Sundays. He says it always, for some reason, plays shorter. Um, and yeah. That was just very bad decision-making, I think, on Xander. I know that he tugged it, obviously, but still, you should never – that's just – you have to play at least to the hole or past the hole for it to take that ridge. Even if he would have hit it straight, like at the middle of the green, he still would have been really short. Yeah, he would have been on the front of the green, and he would have had that. He mm-hmm. would have had a wacky putt. I mean, he just that mm-hmm. was bad club decision. That was bad, bad mate, like just decision making, I guess, in my yeah. eyes. I don't know what was going through his head. He's obviously doing something a lot better than myself if he's playing in the Masters. So yeah, yeah. but and my thoughts on it was he did. I did hear him say that from a veteran source. He said, "You always got to trust the winds, and it's always going to play a little bit shorter." And and being coming off of birdies and adrenaline pumping, I could maybe be see why he took eight iron. But after he said he flushed it and it was still that short, that's what's skeptical to me. If you flush it, then it should be just short middle of the green, not front of the green. You know, I know it he missed pretty, it, left, but it was still only going to be on the front of the green. It was pretty windy on Sunday, wasn't it? Because generally, I'm pretty yeah, sure that's so. like an eight iron. Because I remember when Tiger, you know, when he won two years ago, he hit eight iron into that green. So obviously, Xander had to have been windy if Xander hit an eight iron and was that short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But after that happened, I felt bad for Xander. I really wanted to see him win it. Um, but I mean, he was still two shots back at the time. Like, yes, yeah. it would have been, it would have made it a little more interesting. But I mean, I don't know. I will say in Hideki's circumstance, starting a Sunday with a four-shot lead, that is a weird margin because, I mean, if you're – that, I think four shots is where you kind of change your game plan to be more conservative instead of doing what you did the day before. 
but mm-hmm. also you're not too far ahead of the field where you, you know, could just calmly, you know, stress free yeah. win it. So I think yeah. it was hard. I think he played the like the right round of golf to win. Obviously he did, but that was just tough. I think in his circumstance, having that big of a lead, I think he would have. I think he would have actually ran away with it if it was closer, because he was starting to yeah. stripe it. That's a good take because, yeah. like you said, if you know if he was maybe one or two shots in the lead, then he would have been pressing still like he was all week. Yeah, um, and he might have been still doing that. You know. I did. I mean, he did say he was really, really like they asked him, like, when were you most nervous? You didn't seem very nervous. And he said, from the moment I teed off yeah. to my last putt, I was really nervous. Um, so, you know, but I thought he handled it well. Of course, <laughs> that guy doesn't show any emotions. Because especially I mean, with uh, with that, you know, amen corner, when you get on the back nine at Augusta, even if he played like an even part, uh, four shots going into that stretch, really, I mean, you can go on a tear on that stretch. So. That's just like mm-hmm. I was saying. It's just hard to have a four. Yeah, that's that's tough. I think. Yeah, I was a uh, because you know Spieth obviously really wasn't in in it. Yeah, he he killed intention to win, but he he was still up there. You know, I mean, he still finished well. And I was watching him when he teed off on twelve, and it was just like number twelve on Sunday, and he landed it short right, and it luckily got hung up on the rough. But I was like, I'm so glad it did because. <laughs> I bet you he didn't want to hit that little goofy wedge shot into there. I'd much ra- if I if I hit it in the water on that hole, I would rather re tee than go up there and drop in front of the water. Oh, I agree. <laughs> that is a tough. I mean, tough a pick. tight lie might be a little down slope to a really narrow green, 60, 70, however many yards that is. Like I'm out on that. After no, you if you're gonna lay water, up, if you're gonna lay up on that hole, you have to lay up to the right. Correct. Yeah. Like up on that plateau. Yeah, I mean, according to where the pin is, but yeah. I mean, that's where Zach Johnson on... did when he won. Mm-hmm. He laid up every day. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was good. It's good to see Spieth. You know, he really wasn't talked about this week, but he still is playing good golf. Um, so it's good to see that. I'm glad he's back on the horse. But um, what about Will Zalatoris? I mean, obviously, it's the topic of the week. As, many, as much as people talked about him, you'd think he won. But um, that was incredible to see. And I, then that, that, that second place just kind of fell into his hands there at the end. But I agree. Um, um, it was very good to see. It's crazy that he still does not have official status on tour, and he's not I, I He's not allowed – or right now he is not eligible for the FedEx Cup, and he would be, I think, eighth in the FedEx Cup. If he, if he gets a win <laughs> this year, he will be like eighth on the FedEx Cup. That is nuts. Yeah. Um, Man, just – Neither one the masters. And- I, I, I say we make Pods Golf a Will Zalatoris bandwagon right now because he is going places for sure. I'll jump on it. Very unique. And uh you can tell he just doesn't care, you know. He's just he's not um distracted by all the media and stuff because those dudes are ripping him about, about all that happy Gilmore stuff and he just goes along with it. It's just having fun. It's just like, and I think it's awesome. His little motivation that he had was, he says, "If I if I think I'm dumb enough to play at Augusta, then why can't like why can't I win it? Like this kid yeah. has balls of steel. Yeah, hell of a ball striker. He kind of remind. I'm not saying he reminds me of me, but he makes us skinny guys feel good about ourselves. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that's funny. I get that, but yeah, you're right. I did see that quote. He's like, I'm. 
told myself I was dumb enough to be here. I might as well just be dumb enough to win it or something like yeah. that. Or stupid I mean, enough. I, was like, I really wanted him to win it. Um, that would have been that would have been nuts. that would have been amazing. <laughs> and I think he will. This is just his beginning. Even though he's been playing good for the past about year. But the, this, the crazy thing is, is um, you know, he seems like he's twenty one years old, but he isn't he like twenty six. He's 25. Right out of college, but no. You know, I mean, he went, what did he go to Wake Forest? Went to Wake Forest, yes. No. But he's been on the uh, the Corn Ferry doing his thing. But yeah, that is crazy. Oh, he's, you know, he's, uh, he went to Wake Forest. He graduated in 2018. He's 24. Six foot two. He's I didn't realize he was that tall. Jeez. Six mm-hmm. foot two, 165. <laughs> that's the yeah. kicker i'm 6'2 200 i got 35 pounds on him i'm ready to see what he does you know he got t6 in the u.s open t5 in the shriners hospital children's open and then second in the masters like those aren't just small tournaments by any means two majors no this so, this kid is going to be something for sure he's doing all right he but, needs um, to be yeah, a member of pod golf what it needs to happen i mean we'd we'd, we'd take him gladly Yes. Imagine him repping one of our hats coming down the stretch oh, to the Masters. I'd, oh, I'd, I'd cry. <laughs> but forget that. We just need to get him on the pod. We're talking about getting get, getting some guests on here. How would that be for our first one? Oh, that would be absolutely nuts. That would be I think he'd nuts. I think he'd put us on the map. But yeah, yeah let's sure. get off the Masters. Uh, 85th Masters, Hideki, Japan's first ever male major champion. Congrats to him. Um, it's big stuff, and it's life-changing. But, um, yeah, so let's move into the RBC Heritage. I'm excited for this one. This is a great golf course. Uh, it's just kind of like a va- – I feel like it's a vacation tournament for the players. You know, obviously they travel all around the world, and everywhere they go is going to be nice for the most part. But, like, I feel like this one's, you know, the the big the next tournament after the Masters, they kind of get to sit back and relax a little bit. Um, this one's always a real fun one to mo- watch. Haven't you played it? Yeah, I've played there three times. Um, I absolutely love yeah, that golf so course. You know. That whole that whole area is really neat. Um, that, like you were saying, yeah. it is kind of like a resort kind of destin. It, mm-hmm. it just feels it feels really cool being there. The golf course is great. Um, tournament's great. So yeah, yeah. So it's um, Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. Course opened in 1967. It's hosted the PJ Tour event since. Since 1967, um, designed by Pete Dye and Jack Nicholas, par 71, um, 7100 yards. So not real long, um, and you know that's it ties into uh, the scores from some past champions. 2020 you had Webb Simpson at 22 under. So uh, you can tell it's a pretty, it's not not too difficult of a golf course. Anything in the 20s is it you know, can kind be of a birdie though. fest. Yeah, well, and it and that's right because in 2016, Brandon Grace won at nine under. So it can, if the wind gets going there, it's a really tight golf course, very small greens. Uh, if yeah. you do miss the green on a lot of places, you're you're in a very bad position. And if the wind gets going, which it can, because you're right, you know, in Harbor Town, mm-hmm. uh, it it can get really tough. I will say that very tough. Yeah, and that explains these scores are all kind of yeah. spread out from 12s to 20s to 18s. A lot of go getting holes too. Um, you can, there's yeah. a lot of like risk reward holes where like 
big drivers like DJ and people like that can get there. And uh, it's yeah, it's just a really cool golf course. Speaking of DJ, I saw a, uh, an odds. It was minus 120 for him to top 20 this week. And I was like, yeah, whoever wants that, if they're willing to put a lot of money on the line, they better jump on it because he'll never get those odds again. Yeah. Um, so I uh, coming off of a bit of a lull last week at the Masters, I expect him to play pretty good and to get back on his horse this week. I hope he does. Yeah. Um, my, uh, I'll just go ahead and jump right into it as far as my pick goes. My sleeper pick this week is Wesley Bryant. Um, he won it in 2017, born in South Carolina, went to South Carolina University. He's currently playing on a major medical extension. Um, I think he's had some shoulder issues. So uh, his game really hadn't been there, but I think he's starting to heal up on that. And I think he's real familiar with the course. Obviously, he's probably played it hundreds of times. And I, I think he's going to play well this week. So that's going to be my sleeper pick. Um, but as far as the tournament goes, I think I'm going to pick Matt Kuchar in our pick him. Really? Uh, he won it in 2014, and he's been playing some good golf lately. He was also runner-up there. I think there. I'm going to ride with him. Huh? I'm pretty sure. Wasn't he runner-up to uh, in 2019 as well? To CT Pan, he might have been. Either that or 2018. Not I'm not sure. Um, yeah. He obviously likes the golf course. I think I'm going to ride with him this week. And I, I figured he'll at least top 20. So that'll be fine in my eyes. But um, what I didn't know is that, you know, one, the past eight winners, from the past eight years, the winners of this tournament are all teeing it up this week. So that's pretty cool. And then, um, you know, this tournament was the second tournament back from post-COVID last year in return to golf. Um, so they didn't skip a beat last year. And um, it's now returning to its traditional schedule spot right after the Masters. So. Nothing really changed for them as much as far as, you know, it not being right after the Masters last year. But like I said, I'm excited to watch this tournament. And I think it's a really cool scene. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll give some odds and some numbers on some of the players. Uh, So the ones that stuck out in my eyes when I was looking at the odds, I like Brian Harmon at plus 3,000. Um, going mm. into kind of the golf course, you kind of have to hit it. You have to be accurate because it's tight fairways. Um, you got to be able to hit pretty solid irons and you got to put, put the lights out there. Ryan Harmon off the tee gains uh, .228 strokes, 59th on the PGA Tour. His putting surprised me. I didn't realize this year. I guess he's on a tear, um, but he's gaining a or over half a stroke putting. Um, he's twenty hmm. first on tour. Yeah, he's been playing good. It's a good yes. pick. He got T three at the Players Championship, and then he just got T twelfth at the Masters. Yeah, he and then uh, that match play, he played great in the match play too. Yeah, it's a good pick. That that would be a definite sleeper. Yeah, especially at plus three thousand. I think he's playing good. Like you said, he hits it good enough. He generally hits it. I thought it it, it surprised me looking at his stats, but I always thought he was a better ball striker and kind of wasn't that great at putting. But I guess this year he's changed. Not sure. Something's working. Yeah. Um, one of them I did not like was Tommy Fleetwood at plus 3,500. I, I mean, I kind of like the odds for it, but Tommy's just not doing it for me anymore. He's <laughs> – I like Tommy and I want him to do good, but every time, like we were talking about earlier, uh, he just he just can't get it done. Yeah. Like when it he – He's just, kind of I, another Ricky in my eyes. 
Yeah. Um, Outside he, of all the fame and stuff. No, I agree. He's he just he should be better than what he is. I guess is the way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, for sure. So another sleeper pick I think for this week should be Corey Connors at plus three thousand. I mean, he finished tied eighth at the Masters in his last five starts. He has three top tens, so he's playing really good golf. Yeah. Um, and then the person I'm going to pick this week is going to be uh, Terrell Hatton, and he is at hmm. plus twenty five hundred. Last year he was tied for third. Um, obviously he's a very solid ball striker on tour. And like I was saying, you have to be able to do that there, um, off the tee. He is 17th on the PGA tour off the tee and 39th in putting. So I think it adds up to a good week for him here and he's playing pretty solid. So yeah. T18 at the masters last week. So yeah, be a good week to pick him. Um, yeah, some guys in our pick him, I'd already picked him, so he must be on the power rankings as well. Yeah, he was, which is which is no surprise. Well, good it's deal. Been quiet um, lately, if you think about it, because at the beginning of the year, or was it at the end of last year, he kind of went on a run there. Yeah, he had won, and then obviously the media loves him, and so yeah. he heard a lot about him, and then he just kind of went through a dry spell, and you just hadn't heard much about him, but. That's uh, a good pick. I'm still gonna weigh my options. I I like now that you bring that up. You know, I like I like him. I'm not gonna pick Brian Harmon, but I might be dabbling in between Terrell Hatton. Actually, and I'm gonna pick Brian Kutcher. Harmon. I'm gonna give the this lefty. This week you love. are. Yes, I'm giving lefty love. I mean, he 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 deserves it. A little short, stubby little guy, whacking around with the old big, big guys. It's perfect week for us small guys because 7,100 yards, perfect. Yeah, especially if it's tight. Like oh yeah, say it is. Uh, yeah, but um, we say we're gonna make this one short and sweet. We've got a, we've got three questions um from the people that we're gonna go over. Um, so let's just dive right into those. Uh, I'll start it off. We have a question from Daryl Weil. This is a good one. It is you can have only one part of Prime Tiger's game. Which part are you taking? This was a uh, this was a controversial topic on Twitter. I remember a while back that I had read up on. And a lot of people were going with, obviously, it's not going to be his driver. <laughs> Everybody knows that. That's out of the question. Um, yeah, he could hit it a long ways, but he generally didn't really know where it was going for the most part. <laughs> um, so that's not going to be it. But the, is it his short game or is it his irons? And short game, I'm going to specify down to the putter. Um, and, you know, I've always been running with his irons. People talk about, you know, all the time. And my thing about it is, is, he had to rely on his irons so much. Now, I'm not going to say so much, but he had to rely on his irons to get him out of the trouble that he put him in with his driver. And those are the crazy shots that you see on the highlight reels is him hitting a six iron out of a fairway bunker to 10 feet or him playing these crazy cuts and crazy hooks around these trees that are people like, how does he do this? How does he shot shape like this? Well, it's because he hit his driver so bad. But if it wasn't for his irons, he wouldn't have put himself in the position to make those putts. So I think, in my opinion, if I could have taken one part of his game, and it's just in everybody's opinion, you know, but I, I would have taken his iron play because day in and day out, that dude was a ball striker. And I think that's in part what made him who he was. So I agree. I that's my agree first question. With, yeah, I agree with you on that one because 
he put himself in some very odd situations early in his days mm-hmm. and throughout his career. If you think about it, he's generally, yes, he's been a long driver of the ball, but has not been that accurate. Um, mm-hmm. He always got out of the crazy places with his irons, has hit some of the wildest, like three irons. I would honestly, yeah, I would take his iron play for sure, especially his long irons. It's where yeah, he is. No he doubt. has to be the best long iron player of all time, him and Jack. Yeah, for sure. Jeff's, um, last time I was at Jeff's, he was saying, talking about Jack hitting long irons, and he said he could hit a one iron as high as most people could hit their pitching wedge, yeah, which is mind-blowing to me. But, yeah, kind of on the same lines. You got you got a question? Yes, this one is from Tanner Thone. Will Rory ever complete the Grand Slam? I think he's in mm-hmm. a tough situation with having to win at Augusta last now. If he would have done that earlier mm-hmm. in his career and had to win like the PGA or any of the others, I think it'd be easy. I think he will, but it could be it could be like ten years down the road or when he gets older <laughs> and is like on his way out of the game, which I mean, he's young yeah. still, but I don't think it's going to be anytime soon, to be honest. Yeah. I want him That's to. That's a good way to every, look at every, it. Every, every time the Masters comes around, he should be. I mean, the course sets up. I just think he still has those nightmares from 2011, and it's hard place to get over those type of like situations. If you look at all the people no that all the bad stuff has happened to at the Masters, besides a few, most of them have really you know, never come back from it. Yeah. But and I was kind of, that's a good, that's a good take because you're right. If he had to win the PJ championship last, we'd be like, Oh yeah, he's going to get that in the next two like or three, Spieth, four. Spieth will get, Spieth years. will win the grand slam. And I really think Spieth, even though I think Rory is a better player overall than Spieth, Spieth has an easier way to get to the grand slam than Rory does. Yeah. I, I would agree that he's probably going to complete that before Rory does. But like, it was just kind of crazy. Cause obviously right now he's in a slump. You know, he's not playing well right yes. now. But, you know, in years past, we'd be like, this is his year. This is his year. And then this year, we were just like, oh, yeah, well, he's not going to do it this year. And he had no chance. I mean, he's just – he's got to figure some stuff out. But I agree with you. I think it's going to be later down the road, if at, if at all. But, man, I hope he gets it done. Because he just started out so hot. And everybody's like, oh, this is going to be easy. And then it's just kind of been – but you're right. I mean, it's the hardest one to win in my eyes. There for a while. I mean, he beat so, the tar out of people at majors. One by eight shots in the U.S. Open, one by eight shots at uh, Kiowa, which is, you know, coming up too. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how many one of the others. I think one by two or three in the other two. No, yeah, I agree. That was a good, that was a good question, though, from my old brother-in-law. But, um, all right, so last question, and we can kind of – we're going to do one more, and we can kind of do a joint effort on this one. But our guy Blake Sosha asks, Coming down the stretch in a big event, what helps you overcome pressure? And this is a good question. Um, I haven't played in too many big golf events. I've played in a lot of decent-sized money games, and I've played in some barbecue events when there's a lot of money on the line. But as far as just like amateur events go, I know it's way different golf. Um, It still gets the juices flowing. You're still going to be nervous, so I can speak on that part. But um, Carson can kind of speak more on the, the tournament style play, like, you know, playing it down putting it out, stuff like that. Um, but my opinion, I think the big thing, and it, I think it's all relative to other sports. I've played in big games, you know, in football and baseball, and it's all same. It's all pressure. It's different feels and different kind of pressure, but it all goes back to knowing that you can do it because you've done it before. I know when I get over a golf shot, I'm on a tee shot on number 18, and there's 
you know, a lot of bets flow and stuff like this. I'm like, dude, I was here last week and I got it done. Like I can do it again. You know, it's so it's 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 doing it prior to and knowing that you can do it again because you've done it before. And then the second one is just trusting your preparation. Um, you know, the, I, I find the times that I'm more nervous than others is when I haven't been practicing much and therefore I'm not hitting it very well. But if you're practicing and you're grinding at it and you're like, man, I just hit this shot yesterday on the range a hundred times in a row, then you're just going to get over it and not really think about it. And I'm going to tell you this, the more you put yourself in those pressure situations, the more, the less like um, pressure you're going to feel. Cause that's what Jeff always says. He's like, and I know you've heard this, but he's told it to me a lot. He's like, you got to stop. He said, there's two ways to these money games you're talking about. A, it's good to overcome pressure and to learn how to deal with pressure. But if you're trying to work on swing changes, you know, you're going to go back to what's normal when it gets tight. And he's like, so if you're trying to change your swing, you can't be playing in money games every day. Or you're going to go back to your bad swing just because that's what's comfortable. And so he's got a good point. But what he said the first is, you know, you, it, you learn to deal with pressure because you're doing it so much. So that's my thing. I think my biggest answer would just be put yourself in that situation as many times as you can. Um, but if you have anything else to say on that part from your experiences. So for since you kind of did the money side of it, uh, like in a gambling situation, I think those like you were saying, it is a different type of pressure um, yeah. to me in that situation. You're kind of more amped. I don't know. I like staying kind of amped up in a money situation. But in a tournament, like if it's like actually, you know, coming down to like a just a big tournament or anything. I used to want to stay as calm as possible. And yeah. uh, the thing that helped me the most this is going to sound cheesy and stuff. But when, when I actually like worked with a psychologist, like a sports psychologist, the thing that helped me the most was breathing exercises. Mm -hmm. That was actually by far the best because it calmed you down. And to me, it just got me more in a zone, I guess. I know that sounds stupid. Yeah. And most of those guys are, I mean, they go to mental guys like that. And that's kind of one of the situations yeah. that it is. You just want to be as calm as possible. And the yeah. breathing was the big thing for me, at least. Oh, yeah. And it might sound cheesy and cliche, but you hear those guys talk about it on tour. Like, it's a real deal. If you're focusing in on your breathing and doing that, then it's, you know, it can take your mind off of, you yes. know, bad things. I like to think about, and this doesn't have to be coming down the stretch, but if I'm not playing good or it's not going my way, just try to, I mean, just, who cares at the end of the day, you could be doing a lot worse things than playing freaking golf. You could yeah. be, be overseas. A, you could, you could be dead. I mean, there's so many different, <laughs> I'm, I, that's just how I think. I remember no, Jeff no, when I was that's a kid, a good point. when I was a kid, I went to, um, I went to the Normandy beaches, you know, where D-Day happened. And Jeff told me when I came back, he says, if you're ever playing bad or your things aren't going your way, just think about those kids that were about your age that were storming that damn beach. And that's right. I mean, golf's not the biggest thing and you don't want, you don't want it to ruin yourself like that, I guess. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a very good point. Um, and kind of like what you said at the beginning right there, this is for first tee jitters and this is a little more lighthearted, but it's true. It's a very true statement because, you know, most of the time amateurs, when they get on the first, they're just nervous as a wreck on the first tee because they might be playing with somebody a little better than them. But this is the thought. When you get on the first tee, like Carson just said, nobody's going to remember what you shot. Don't worry about that first tee shot. If you spray it right or snap hook it, just tell yourself, I can do whatever I want right here because the only thing that they're going to remember 
is me making birdie on 18 to shoot 65 or whatever it is like that. Like nobody's going to remember your first tee shot after yeah, the you round. Gotta, you you know? gotta even hit, if you even if you play bad, you got to hit 17 more of them. <laughs> exactly. Like so, that's just just specific first tee jitters. I thought about that one day. I was like, look, nobody's going to remember if I hit this one bad, if I hit this one, you know, a little right, if I go shoot 67. So I don't know. That's just a little first tee. Because I don't really get nervous that much. No, I don't. Just on the first tee. I don't know why. It's just the first tee one. But it's, after I'm off, I'm good. And I'm I'm good to go. But I'm not going to say it wasn't always like that. Like I said, the more I put myself in that position, the better I've gotten on it. But at the end of the day, just say, you know, who cares? Like, it doesn't really matter. Nobody cares. Everybody's focused on themselves. And that's the big point. Yep. Nobody's really worried about what you're doing. Exactly. So I think that's the big takeaway. But that was a good question, Blake. Um, that uh, I think that could help a lot of people. Um, and everybody's got their own experiences, and they can talk on that. But th- those were those were ours. Um, but yeah, so that's the, that's the questions we've got. Appreciate y'all sending those in, and we're gonna keep posting those on Instagram. And y'all y'all keep sending some more because I think this is fun to do, and I think we're covering some good topics. Um, getting some good information out there stemming from y'all's questions. So um, let's uh, go ahead and move into the rapid fire segment. Uh, I got three questions, <laughs> pretty simple questions. Um, let me start off by this first one. This is kind of comical, but all right. So are you on the, do you like gas carts or electric carts? Uh, I bet you weren't expecting that. No, I was not expecting that question. (laughs) So we actually just bought a gas cart, and I will say, like new, like modern gas carts aren't that loud. So it's actually Mm -hmm. I I like it a lot more. But if you go to like a golf course and it's an old gas cart, no, I would much rather have like an electric cart in that situation. The the one, the one that when you stop, it makes a loud pop now. Oh yeah, backfires, backfires. Sounds like a shotgun went off. Yeah, yeah. No, I just I thought I'd ask that. There's nothing better than a. There's nothing better than going to a golf course, you know, like a municipal course, and them giving you a gas cart that's like a a good one, a quality one. Yes. It's like after you've been driving electric carts for three months, it's like, ah, oh, this is. But I will say, nice. if, you go, I if you go to a real nice golf course and they have like the really nice electric, those are, uh, those are. Oh, yeah. Those are that. hard to beat. But I, I like, I like keeping it uh, retro sometimes. Oh, yeah. But I knew you weren't going to be, <laughs> <laughs> you weren't going to be ready for that. A random question. <laughs> um, I would have to go with Jordan Spieth on that one. Um, I'm a little biased to him because is a blade putter, and that's what I putt with. I've always putted with one. one it's one of those circle tees, Scotty Cameron circle tees, uh, 009 putters. It's kind of a classic putter look. It's got a little bit of rust on it, it looks like, and I just I like the way it looks. I think it, it if I put it with it, I would really like the way it sets up. And obviously, it helps when he makes everything he looks at. It seems, but um, yeah, I'd have to go with that one. Uh, what about you on that? I'm gonna go with JT's putter. I think that Fang style putter like that. It looks so clean with the hosel that he has in it and the little weld marks around it. I think it sets up clean, but yet it has enough technology behind it to you know, benefit someone like JT because that's obviously why he changed. You know, there is 
different variations to a putter like the fang putter that has helped with other people's putting so that's the one i would go yeah. with i think it's just an overall it looks good um it's not too flashy but it it's got it i don't know i just like it yeah no i can agree on that the uh the weld mark <clears throat> below the hosel is pretty sick and it's got his custom initials on there on the face and on the bottom so yeah it's a it's a sick putter and um I couldn't agree more on that one. Um, Scotty Cameron continues to do their thing. Um, all right. Uh, my second question is, so like when, when you're on the greens and you're putting and it's not like a 40, 50, 60 footer. You can see the hole, but it's still like a 25, 30 footer. Are you going to leave the flag stick in or are you taking it out? I'm taking it. If I can see the hole, I'm taking the flag out. Um, I've seen too many people, you know, bounce it off the flag. I've, Kind of mean you've talked about it before, but you, you just, I think having the flag in there just hurts you. I mean, we've both definitely seen people chipping with the flag in, putting with the flag in that have banged it off. And I feel, feel like catching maybe the back lip, if that flag getting in there helps you more. That's just me. The only time I'm keeping it yeah. in is if it's a 80 footer and I'm just trying to lag it up there. Yeah. Like this is my thing. If you're on the green and you're and obviously you don't have the flag in. You're hitting like a 15, 20 footer, and it hits, it, it like lip it, it lips out hard, or hits the back of the cup, and you miss it. You don't ever hear anybody say, "Man, if I'd have left the flag stick in, you know, it probably would have stayed in." But you hear, I mean, sometimes maybe, but you hear more times than not, people hit the flag stick and it bounces out, and be like, "Man, if I would have pulled it, it would have gone in." That's a so, that's a good take. Yeah, that is true. You always hear, "Yeah, the flag should have taken it out." Exactly. You know, you don't really ever hear anybody say I should have left it in because more times than not, you know, it's going to hit it and bounce out. So that's my thing on it. So I, I kind of always take it out to chipping. Like if I'm greenside chipping, I'm taking it out. So, but uh, yeah. All right. Uh, my second question for you is going to be, what is your favorite golf apparel brand? Um, ah, this one's a tough one. <clears throat> Obviously, I like Foot Joy shoes, and I wear a couple of their shirts. But man, lately, past year or so, I've been wearing a lot of Peter Millar shirts. I've had some um, some pants and a pair of socks that are really really comfortable. So as a whole, I would say maybe Peter Millar. They're just I've never had anything of theirs that's that I haven't liked. Um, I've had a couple Foot Joy shirts that I wasn't too keen on. But um, they still make good stuff. But I would have to go Peter Millar for sure. And I'm pretty sure that they're collabed with G4 on their golf shoes. And G4 makes six shoes. So I could I could um, transfer over from FootJoy to them if I had to. Pretty easy. Um, but, yeah, what, what would yours be? So um, right now I'm on a real big Southern Tide kick when it comes to their new golf shirts and stuff. It's really comfortable. But from, like, an overall standpoint, I think I'm going to have to go with FootJoy. Because, like you're saying, I mean, I I love their shoes. That's what I wear. Um, they make classic looks too. Um, yeah. So those are my two. Yeah, I got you. Uh, Southern Tide. I got a couple shirts of theirs. They uh, they're really soft. Good stuff. Um. Okay. So my last one is: if you're on the putting green, would you prefer to be putting on Bermuda greens or bent grass greens? So I think. We, since we've grown up around Bermuda greens, I think we have a advantage with being able to read grain or at least 
you know, some people do. I can read grain good, even though I'm a terrible putter. Um, <laughs> I will say that I think bent grass probably gets a more true role, but I don't mm-hmm. know. I think we just have an advantage on Bermuda type greens. So I'm going yeah, to. I, I, I couldn't agree with that more. Um, it's pretty easy to read Bermuda. Anybody can put on, or I'm sorry, bent grass. Anybody can put on bent, bent grass greens, but um, there's a lot more than just rolling your golf ball in Bermuda, a lot more reading goes into it. Um, and it's not just undulation and slope. Like you said, it's, it's, it's the grain that is the difference maker. So yeah, I couldn't agree more on that. Yeah. My last question for you is going to be, if you were sponsored by someone on tour, like overall, who would it be? Overall as a whole package, meaning clubs, equipment, clothing, everything. Uh, I would, I mean, I would probably go TaylorMade because that's what I've always played up until like the last year or so. And I didn't go away from them just because I I didn't like them. I just did because I got some Mizuno irons and kind of just got some more Mizuno stuff. But as far as TaylorMade goes, you can't beat their woods. You know, they make decent wedges. Their irons are good. And I, I play a TaylorMade ball. Um, and then their clothes are nice. You know, they're not the classic look that I like. Um, I'm sure you could find a couple, you know, they could work that out. I'm not saying they would for me, but I know guys on tour that were, you know, sponsored by TaylorMade kind of fit the more classic regimen. Um, but I would, I would go TaylorMade, and then my second, like my runner-up, would be probably Callaway. I, I think they make good irons. Their woods have made a huge leap in the past three years. Um, they make really good wedges, and then obviously their putters are nails with um, Odyssey being, you know, collabed with them. So those would be my top two, but probably leaning more on the side of TaylorMade. Um, but yeah, what would uh, what would yours be? Mine would have to go tailor made on top. I think overall, it's just I mean, just superior. Just look at all the players that they have and just the technology that they get. Uh, I mean, you don't really hear people wanting to like when you on tour, you don't really see people besides when tailor made comes out with a new driver or a new wood where people are jumping on top of that that week and putting it in play. It's always tailor made. Yeah. They might step into like you know hitting a Callaway or something, but they don't bring it out right then like TaylorMade does. Um, overall, they have the best like tour experience because they have all those people in the van that help. They'll do anything before you get it done right then. Um, I think their social media kills it, so that's a good bonus on top of that. And then you can do clothes. I think with Peter Millar with them. So yeah, I'm going that. And then number two. I guess we'll go tide list because from a player like a JT type player, you know, hitting their blades, they make really good forge clubs. Like their forge blades are great. Their drivers apparently really good. Their woods, I think, are the best looking on tour. Uh, it's not too flashy. It's a classy look. They have obviously great wedges, and then Scotty, you can't beat a Scotty putter. So, and then FJ Apparel yeah. on top of that, just solid overall. Yeah, they've got a good total package for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, does that conclude our rapid fire questions? That it does, sir. All right. Well, I uh, appreciate everybody coming in and listening for the fifth episode of the podcast. I'm excited to watch the RBC Heritage this week and see who takes it home. Either way, it'll be a good scenery as that course is awesome. So, um, yeah, thank you all for joining, and we will see you all next week. Come on. We'll